This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me again on this episode, The Man, The Myth, The Jesus. John Turturro is with me and I had such a great time talking to him about the underachievers, the dreamers, the salsa, and the passione. Mr. Turturro has brought to life some of the most memorable characters in cinema history with some of the best directors. The first time he was ever on screen was in Scorsese's Raging Bull, and then followed by so many classic performances, among others with his longtime collaborator Spike Lee in movies like Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues, and Jungle Fever. He played Herb Stemple in Robert Redford's Quiz Show, and on television he was absolutely excellent as a streetwise lawyer in The Night Of. And just now, he's starring as Rabbi Bengelsdorf in David Simon's HBO miniseries, The Plot Against America, based on the Philip Roth novel. It imagines an alternative history where aviator Charles Lindbergh ran for president in 1940, leading to the rise of fascism and anti-Semitism in the USA. And then, of course, there's Totoro's extended collaboration with the Coen brothers. He was Barton Fink. He starred in O Brother, Where Art Thou? And, of course, The Big Lebowski. And even though Totoro was only on screen for a few minutes here, the Jesus became one of the most iconic characters in film history. The Jesus is a character that the Coen brothers wrote after seeing Totoro in a similar role on stage. Now, John Turturro has written and directed an unusual new movie. The Jesus Rolls is loosely a remake of the 1974 French comedy Going Places, and in it, Turturro brings back and, of course, plays the Jesus in full force. Purple sweatsuit, fingernail, hairnet, and all. The Jesus Rolls also has a huge cast of characters, played by, among others, Bobby Cannavale, Audrey Tattoo, Susan Sarandon, Sonia Braga, and John Hamm. One more strike, we lock you up for good. I've never seen anyone lick a ball before you throw a strike. That's my style. You look good. I look like a million bucks, son. <laughs> what a honey, huh? But I'm pro. I know you got a screwdriver. Aren't you a little old to be stealing cars? Jesus! I thought you were in a slumber. Just got out. So you celebrated by stealing my car. That was the first thing you did. Well, I, I can't hack it in the home. Should have thought of that first. Oh, oh, oh. Right in here. On the road. Flat broke. Hanging loose. Mr. Turturro, thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's my pleasure. First of all, how are you? Are you and yours safe? Yes, we're okay. We've kind of gone through, uh, you know, my, my wife had the virus, and really? but she's recovered. Yeah, and but she recovered. And then I think I had, we haven't gotten tested, and then I had a less virulent form than she did, but I'm, I'm, I feel 100% now. So, uh, but uh, it's a strange time. It's a strange, it's a strange time. time. Well, I'm happy to hear that yeah. you are safe and over it. But yeah, thank you. I, I cannot think of a career with performances that have resonated so much for me. You can seemingly play 
every religious denomination, culture. You can play an explosive <laughs> character. You can play a racist character. You, you can play a saint. But I read that you said the more normal you are in real life, the crazier right. you can be in work. Now, is this the secret? I think, I think to have some kind of base, to have some kind of normal base, or if, say if you're a person who's responsible or takes care of other people or cares about other people, then you get to be someone who's not like that. And, you know, you, 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 it's like saving in a bank account. So you, you're, you, you don't act that way normally. And then you have all this stuff of like, well, I wish I, I could be that way, that I could be really selfish or I could be this way or that way. Or, you know, we all have different aspects of us that sometimes we haven't uh, developed uh, and sometimes to our benefit that we haven't developed. But mm -hmm. uh, I do think it, it helps because if you're crazy in real life, I think that is going to drain you eventually. Do you know what I mean? It, it is going to drain you. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, a few people have accused me. They said, you must be really normal because you don't really, you don't really care. I, I mean, I don't really, I, I never think, well, well, the audience is going to like me. They're not going to like me. I really, I just want to keep them awake and surprised, you know, and uh, if they don't know what I'm going to do, you know, I think humanity, I get a kick out of people that I, that surprise me and the people who don't surprise me, I find really boring sometimes, you know, and I think great literature, whether it's a book or, you know, or a play or whatever, you, you see the duality of people. You know, someone could be really weak, really afraid, yet they can have the courage to do something, be capable of doing great things. Right. You know, and, and that it all goes hand in hand. And talking about Jesus Quintana, he's been compared to Don Quixote. That's my kind of, because I'm a Don Quixote freak, and I, I, I really love Don Quixote. I, yeah, I just, I like the idea of these dreamers, you know, and uh, these people who imagine like you know themselves larger than life and they have these quests you know uh, i mean there's something really heroic about don quixote so that i just think maybe there's a little you know bleeds off a little bit into a character like the jesus at least in my mind you know what i mean and i had done this kind of character in a play before i had done the movie and you know he had this kind of you know presentation but there was this lonely, tender person underneath it. You know what I mean? Right. And there was a real person underneath it. And But he had this presentation of like, well, you know, I, I have all the answers or I, you know, I, you know, I have, these are all my ideas and here's my, you know, everything is sort of a, he's a mastermind, but everything backfires on him, you know? <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of like that thing. And I thought, uh, I could explore that more because I kind of knew the character in a more intimate way. You really helped shape him originally, right? When when you read the book yeah, for yeah. the first time. Well, originally, you know, when they saw me in this play, then they kind of, we were, you know, they were, they said, we're going to write something like that kind of character. It was like 75% and maybe 25% of somebody else. And, and then it was really small, the role. So I, you know, we, they said, they're going to put me in a jumpsuit. So then they, I, they said, well, you'll come up with some ideas. So I, I came up with a bunch of hairnet, nail and this, you know, the goatee and the whole thing. And, uh, 
you know, and then they let me try some things. And then, of course, the way they put it together, it looks like, you know, so masterful and everything. Well, have it your way, but my your point role. is that my point is... Are you ready to be fucked, man? I see you roll your way into the semis. Dios mio, man. Liam and me, we're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Who knew, you know, when, we, when the movie came out, it, it, it was not a big success at all in America. At all. And it just became that later on because, you know, it's a movie about classic underachievers. You know what I mean? And we can't live in the moment, but I think everyone kind of, you know, that's like the college approach to life, you know, <laughs> the guy that flunks out of college. And uh, uh, so, you know, I think, there's a philosophy in those kind of stories and even Cheech and Chong. They're underachievers that seem to be having such a good time. Yeah, because they're in, because you know a lot of times overachievers are they're insufferable. They take up all the air in the room and they 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 drive you you just know when they look at you. I mean, I've had this with directors that they really don't care about you and they really don't like they only like what you can do for them. You know what I mean? And these guys, I like the idea of the movie because I thought this kind of celebrates the generosity of the powerless. Because they're powerless. Mm -hmm. But they're actually interested. You know, I think some men are interested in the opposite sex. Some women are interested in, in the opposite. In, and, you know, and there's some people, they just they kind of coexist. You know what I mean? And I like what happens between people, whether it's a man and a man, a woman and a woman. I think that's what's interesting. And that's kind of the mystery of it. And there are some people who actually, you know, giving pleasure is their pleasure. And there's other people who are taking pleasure. You know what I mean? They don't really care about the partner or, or I just thought that, that that's almost kind of worth making a movie about. Yeah, I, I want to comment on that because in G the Jesus Rules, um, it's so interesting, the fluid sexuality. And, and excuse my language here, but yeah. this is your movie. <laughs> There's a line that says, if men knew more about getting fucked, they'd be better yeah. at fucking. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> I think that's one of the best lines. In, in, that's like that's something I think I think I invented that line. I, that's not Bouillet, I think. But I mean, it comes right out of Bouillet's uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So you were interested in exploring his whole, his, his sexuality. Yeah, because we, everybody has that. I mean, whether they, they, they explored it or not. I mean, a lot of men are, are so fearful of it. You know, they're fearful of women. They're fearful of their, their femininity. They're fearful of it. And some people aren't, you know what I mean? And, Jesus is not. No, the Jesus is not. No, 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 no. 
but I just this is just in passing. But I was thinking you made a terrific documentary about the music of Napoli um, called Passione. Yes, that thank I you. Recently saw, and and I was thinking there you sort of the crime, the Gomorra, passion and culture and music coexist. And right. I was thinking that's a lot like Jesus. Yeah, well, that actually, that's interesting because that making that movie gave, kind of gave me the idea to do this. Oh, really? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was watching people behave and particularly a couple specific people who I knew individually, but I saw them behave together. And there's something about that city that's like a... It's it's bewitching, you know. It, it, it's bewitching. It, it, it's there's something about it that you feel like you can live in the moment. And uh, there are so many great uh, actors who've come from that city, you know. And uh, so yeah, so that definitely uh, uh, kind of a light bulb went off. Yeah. Uh, so there's a connection. And the Jesus Rolls is, I guess I could say, influenced by, you were mentioning it before, an extremely controversial 70s French film and novel called Going Places, which many, including Roger Ebert, found shocking and misogynist. Um, but you've changed things. You've actually put the women in the center of the film. Well, it, yeah, it's Les Valseuses, the, the, the original title. It's a much more aggressive, much, much more aggressive film. but. There is something in the film that's still they're much, they're younger and they're and and they're more caveman esque I guess, uh, but there's still something yet. Yeah, but there's still a curiosity, and they do fail, and they are somewhat you know curious. Maybe not as you know as gentle as our characters are because it's a different time and everything you know. Uh, but in some of his other movies, he explored that get out your handkerchiefs. And they're just, and then I read the book, and there are things in the book that I thought were really interesting. I mean, you just you have to move it to now, and also you have to kind of bring your own sensibility. Certain things I was in sync with, and other things I said, "Nah, I'm not really interested in that," and that's okay. And he gave me, he said, "Do what you want to do with it," and he was very happy with with what I did with it because I was shocked when I saw it, but it also made me laugh. It did make me laugh when I. Sh- showed it to my wife after I did Passione, she was laughing a lot. And I was surprised. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. So then I read the book and, you know, it, I thought there, there's some interesting ideas there uh, that I'd like to maybe possibly explore. I mean, actually, the reason I even saw the movie was I read a review that Pauline Kael wrote and she loved the movie. And she said, they don't do anything like they do what the bourgeoisie do, but without any of the hypocrisy. And she kind of got it, and she understood why people freaked out. But she was a huge champion of it. That's what made me go see the movie. Many, many fans are so protective of their cult character, and I'm sure Jesus has been quoted back to you for decades now. Um, are you ready for sort of a, a backlash of doing something different and exploring this character even more? No, no, not at all, because the character is kind of... So I think people who like it, like that character, who want to see that character, will enjoy it. You know what I mean? Will enjoy it. I never worry about those things. I don't. My only only worry is that I keep you awake and maybe surprised. That's it. I don't care if you like it, you don't like it, you love it, you make sure... Because I feel like 
if you worry about that, that's like like making a friendship with someone saying, well, I want you to like me. That, that can't happen. The, the only thing can happen is I can, you know, we can share something together. I can listen, you know, respond. And then out of that, something happens. So I, that's what, that's what I try. That's how I try to approach things and not be judgmental. I kind of trust my instincts because once you don't trust your instincts, then you're into a sort of a corporate mentality. And I think the, the big Lebowski was anti that, do you know what I mean? Uh, and our film is about underachievers too, but you know, so it's, you know, it's not a sequel. It's, it's kind of a companion piece. Yeah, like you were saying at the at the beginning, that always surprising us and keeping us on our toes. But I, I just I like when things kind of uh, challenge me a little bit. You know, if you read something, you go, "Wow!" I, you know, like when Susan is in the restaurant and she starts talking to the the maitre d lady, yeah, and telling her about her life. And you know, when you witness something like that in real life, you never forget it. I, I always think, you know, in, in the real world, women usually are in the center of everything. And that's why men do all these crazy things, because they're not in the center of it, you know. It's kind of a forced center. That's what I noticed when I was a little boy. In this movie or in general? No, just as in my, in my life. And I think whenever I whenever I've made movies, I've tried to put women in the center. Another thing you've done in your career is you've given sort of, how can I put this, snapshots of America, um, race, class. Um, I was just, I just had the honor of interviewing Ed Burns for your show, The Plot Against America. Is this something that's interested yes. you when you're yes. choosing yes. roles? absolutely. And I think if you're at all, however you look, you are put into some kind of category. And if you look more ethnic, you're put into a category and they try to keep you there. So if I'm I'm interested in history. I was a substitute history teacher many years ago, but I read a lot of history. I'm, I'm interested in, in race, class, religion, and, and how the past, you know, informs the present. And, you know, this whole degradation of... Uh, intellect that you see going on in certain places like in my country, uh, that's for sure. Uh, so sometimes, you know, by playing, exploring someone ignorant, you can, you can expose, you know, what, what forms that, that kind of, uh, approach to life. And a lot of times it's fear. Uh, it's not even a lack of curiosity, it's fear, you know? And so, yes, that's something that I'm aware of. I'm, and I'm, you know, like I'm half Sicilian, so I'm really, very mixed once I did all this DNA, I did this TV show, and I'm really I'm full of all different things. Yes, I'm really like, it's like um, I, I got a lot of uh, Iberian and Middle Eastern and some North African, and, you know, it's like, uh, so I'm, I'm like, a, you know, I, I knew I was mixed anyway, but it, it wasn't even that big of a surprise to me. You bring empathy to even your most racist character and that must have been something that you saw or, or yeah well yeah that's right that's right you can see that you can see that in people no one is one-dimensional and if you make them one-dimensional then the audience sees it and go well they're just bad you know they're just this way but if you don't if you show them well there's something of you maybe in that 
You know what I mean? Or you could be that way, you know, or then you're revealing something. What about the rabbi in the plot against America? He, um, he he's very, I mean, he's certainly not one-dimensional. No, he's on, the, he's on, at the end, on the wrong side of history. But there are a lot of people like that, you know, who are, who think, well, I can, I'm smarter than everyone. I can show everyone uh, that I can negotiate with them and find the, 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 the middle ground. And sometimes there is no middle ground. He also comes from a particular place in the country, which has a fascinating history. The South. He's from Charleston, South Carolina, and that's a very old Jewish community. And they all, you know, they had slaves, and they all fought in the Confederacy, or, or, or most of them did. And so it's a it's a very different way of looking at the world. You know what I mean? And uh, before World War II, most of the country was isolationist, uh, and so of course now no one ever thinks those things. This war agitators. Listen to that crowd. This is not an evil man. Lindbergh is not an anti-Semite. <gasps> like hell, he's not. It's a fascist. The fascists don't like Jews. Why? Because we're Jews. What's our luggage doing here? There are no vacancies. Take your bags and your family and leave. Do you have any idea what's at stake in this coming election? I believe he is a good man. There are so many, though, who don't trust him. I pledge allegiance to the flag. What is happening in the world today of the United States of America is not America's war. And to the republic for which it stands, with liberty and justice. So I think, you know, Roth in the book drew from a lot of sources. So yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was interesting. It was. And I love that you've played both Jesus and a rabbi in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, the last year I played William of you know, of Baskerville in the uh, in the name of the rose. So I think I kind of uh, I've had a, a religious trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> you've done it all. You know, you're you've directed so much now, but I mean you guys kind of grew up together, your fellow directors and, and um, Spike Lee, the Coens. Um, how have they, have you guys informed each other? I think everybody informs everybody. I mean, you know, you watch how they set a tone, how they prepare, how fastidious they are, how open they are to suggestions or not. I mean, you learn. And a lot of times directors ask me, well, what is it like working with this other director, they don't know because unless they were an assistant, you know, and then you, you tell them. So you, you pick up from all different things. And so when you go to work, you say, well, I, I'd like this and I like that. And I think this helps people and this doesn't help people. I mean, I can tell right away what the vibe is on the set. And a lot of sets don't have vibes. I, I got to be honest with you. Is that good or bad? It's not good. It's not good. I mean, I think when a set has a really good vibe, people, they start, it's like they become, their consciousness starts to drop away from them. What's, what was your vibe on this one? My vibe was to, to make it as relaxed as possible and, uh, and to create an atmosphere that, you know, things were, that if you did something, you wouldn't be afraid to try something surprising. 
you know, and I, I, I know what it's, how it feels to stand in front of the camera. So it's not that hard for me to kind of create a fun environment, you know, and I, I try to do that with the crew and it's important to have the right, to have a sense of irreverence, see, you, to be irreverent in in this incredible high pressured environment. If you've done your preparation, you could say, you know what, let's play for five minutes. You know what I mean? That can really help people a lot. And it can really energize instead of you being just a professional. And when you put on that purple suit, what music do you put on? How do you get into how do you get into the Jesus? Well, I, I obviously I use the Gypsy Kings, but I listen to a lot of Latin music for two years straight. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and my salsa teacher Idalka was very instrumental in in uh, teaching me salsa and yelling at me, and uh, you know, it just just her whole vibe, you know, and she's in the movie. She's the lady I dance with in the movie, but she really helped me a lot. Are you good at salsa though? I'm, I'm a pretty good dancer. Yes. If I learn a dance, then I can, but it's just endless, the variations of it. So I'm no master, but you know, I can, I could salsa. I can believe it. Mr. Tortura, thank you so much. My, my husband, who half Italian, wanted me to ask you 10 questions about fran- working with Francesco Rossi, but uh, <laughs> next time. Well, I'll tell him that was one of the highlights of my, tell him it was one of the highlights of my life and that he was a dear, dear friend and just a great director. I learned so much from him. And I recently saw Christ Stopped at Eboli, which they, the, the, the long version of it, the film forum in New York before everything got shut down and it was just amazing. And so I just, I can't speak more highly about it. Well, neither can he, so he'd be happy to hear that. Thank you so much. It was yeah. very honored Thank to talk you. to you. Thank you. For- Have a stay safe and healthy. You All right. as well. Thank you. Hey there, I'm Hannah and I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.